0: We find ourselves in a lush forest in the middle of summer. It has rained the night before, so small puddles line the floor as mushrooms make their break out into the summer air. A small boot trounces through one of the puddles. And as the camera pans out, a battalion of 15 to 20 dwarvish troops marches slowly towards a grandiose mansion in the middle of a forest. As they enter the building, pixies offer to take their coats and packs while Satyrs offer them refreshments and lament on what a difficult journey it must have been. A centaur enters the room and greets the leader of the dwarves with a warm and familiar smile before ushering the leaders into the throne room. Oh, Oh, Gwendolyn, it is a pleasure to see you once again. Oh, Lord Raunark, I didn't think you'd be back so soon, but obviously it certainly brightens the day to see you. It wouldn't be quite the same if we didn't start our meeting with the same question we always ask. Oh, and it wouldn't be the same if I didn't give you the same answer. Oh, much relief is found in your words, madam. Thank you for allowing us to humor the king with your great wisdom. But of course, it has been 80 years since their last meeting. And the son of Ronarch Shalecloak leads a new expedition to the Fey Palace. But this time for a different reason. Communication with the Gaustig Gwendolyn has been completely cut off. The entrance of the palace is now covered in wretched mosses and fungi. Half the men have passed from some mysterious disease as the group treks through the forest, but even in their respite, they are glad they have finally arrived. This time there are no pixies. There are no satyrs. There's no centaur. As the group arrives in the throne room, and instead of the great Gwendolen, they are met with a dryad splayed over the arms of the chair in a chamber that's been defiled. Volantia, what, what have you done? <laughs> I knew you'd be here soon enough. Now hand over dryad song. Or die. This
1: week on This Galarian Live, the story gets a little bit
0: more nefarious. Dwarf Bart does not represent us all. (laughs) And then he side eyes his partner in size. (laughs) To succeed in this mission, there needs to be some strength. I'm the best in the world at breaking things, except maybe people who are higher level than me.
1: I think it's good to be honest with yourself and the audience. some sticky fingers.
2: I don't really want to use my fingers on your client, but I think I know what you mean.
1: (laughs) A charming personality. Edgar is a level 10 psychic. He flunks his wealth, though he does not have as much as he implies. But when push comes to shove, what's a heist without a little bit of magic?
3: Someone who could kind of bend the laws of space
0: you do so often, Drockford.
4: I do tend to do that. Listen
0: to find out. Hello everybody and welcome back to This Galarian Life for our 111th installment. As you may have guessed from the ending of last episode, we are doing what we usually do in between books and doing another interlude. This one, I think, has some potential to be very, very fun. We've kind of got uh, an interesting theme set up that I hope you enjoy. This time around, we have more or less banned good characters for some obvious reasons that may already be apparent, but will soon become apparent if not. Uh, so I think this is some face we haven't necessarily uh, explored yet, so that should be exciting. I'd say probably we'll get, we'll do the interlude stuff along with some more uh, story building on my end uh, for probably about a month, I would say. And then we'll jump straight into book five. But please remember to share the show with friends. If you like certain bits or anything, tell people, talk about it on social media, like us, uh, retweet us, uh, email us, check out our Patreon. Give us reviews, likes on iTunes, or any podcatcher app of your choice. Anything, any tiny little clicks of the button definitely help us. And the more engagement we have, the better weeks we have in terms of listenership. So you all really do just as much as we do to uh, advance the the product. Uh, Thank you all for that. and Please keep doing what you do best. But with that being said, Leo... Jump right into the episode, presenting episode 111, Galarian's Four. Navi walks to the chamber where she last saw her golem friend and sees his body parts splayed over the ground. In the middle, a small figure. She looks at her, realizes that the young girl is crying. Now, who the fuck are you? You're in the palace. You're in your room. It's about nine o'clock. You wake up. You do your business, and you hear a knock. What do you all do? I cast invisibility on myself. <laughs> Laura doesn't have
4: invisibility, that you know of. Not fair enough.
1: Yes, yeah, hello. She had, she
0: had extra things.
1: <laughs> hello. I'm not going to answer the door. Say who you are.
0: Well, you're in the palace, so it's one of three people. Uh, yes, which the gu- three?
1: What of the three are you?
0: We're Prince Gorm Great Hammer's uh, guards. We wanted to come talk to you about...
4: The rat tail pierogies, I know. But listen, we don't open
0: up till 6 a.m. <laughs> Your friend, Charlie. <laughs> old, old Charlie. Oh, Yes, that fella. Oh,
1: that- he's dead. What about him?
0: We have some information, you... Thought, Why are
1: you talking through the door? Come in.
0: Is it how big his penis was? Anyway, I, we don't know exactly what you all have figured out so far, but uh our investigation leads us to uh members of Charlie's family himself. Prince has <clears throat> the Prince has taken a special interest in this case, and although prosecution will be difficult again, given their amount of hefty resources, uh we think we can have a case running up in about six months or so.
1: Wonderful. Um, that's good. I'm glad to hear that we're going to get justice. Mm. This is lovely. So they live in yeah. town.
0: Uh, yeah, well... Be careful what you voices. No, no,
1: no. I don't want to know where they live.
3: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I, I don't where want are to they live. they? I've lived in Kragadam for a very long time. Oh, they,
0: the, they have a palatial estate somewhere outside in the Within the Sky Citadel, but not what's a palatial? It. It's, it's like, like a
1: pierogio.
0: If... Is it like uh, a pierogi in any way? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> we'll start filing the paperwork and whatnot. Uh, Gorm himself will probably oversee the proceedings, given the situation. But uh, his <clears throat> his eyes right now are on mending relationships with the Mulfoonies. Uh, thanks to you lot. So.
1: Uh, you're welcome, I think.
0: Yes. Um, unless you have any other questions about that, I do bring news of one other thing that we may need your help with. Is it killing Mothuns? Go on. No. We, some of our guards, were patrolling the entrances where you all came in through, and they found a oh, creature down there. Uh, Trox calls himself Karazar he said he's he's currently in our dungeons because we didn't know what to do with him but he invoked characters that all seem to fit your appearances do you know anything of this Trox? Oh yeah that's the guy we freed from the Naga right?
4: Yeah. Or some kind of snake person. It's been so long, I don't remember. I just remember there was a snake person and they
0: murdered them in a weird cave that I couldn't see
4: in.
3: It, yeah, we know who this Trox is.
0: Is he... I don't want to make uh, assumptions about Troxes, but is he...
1: Oh, he's lovely. Oh, yes. He's, he's
0: a snake snake slave snake. and a fine gentleman.
1: Yeah, I think we could put him to good work. He'd probably, he'd probably help you all I, out. I don't know how xenophobic you all are, but... Well, well are you xenophobic here?
4: He I, he know, I swear to God. <laughs> you need uh, to
3: pay him for his work if you're gonna put
0: him to work. Well, oh boy, I, like I did
3: that, that. did see that Dwarf Bart magazine the other yeah. day. It's pretty cousin, yikes. Dwarf Bart does
0: not represent us all. <laughs> oh, it does and, not. and then he side-eyes his partner in size. <laughs> uh, no, no we, we don't necessarily want to put him to work or anything. We just also didn't want him killing our citizens, so you know how it goes.
3: Just make sure that your
0: citizens don't kill him. Well, we'll just let him go, and he can do what he wishes to do. But with your blessing, we will release him. We can tell him at you're in town if you'd like to meet up at one point or another. Oh,
1: sure. We might be able to, I don't know, talk with him. They can burrow, right? Say, under, like, noble houses. Nothing oh. to do with
0: uh, yes, I, I don't know what you're in, in, insinuating, but if my what? My, what? No, my correct knowledge of engineering checked, which I'm very proud of, I believe that is true. <laughs> I also failed a sense motive check, so I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want to know about Trox. I, I <laughs> swear to God, it's another fucking Iron Fang <laughs> spy dressed up as someone. they <laughs> are also very good at murdering people who murdered other people's friends. I don't know Ooh. what use that information is. Mechanically speaking, Karazar is now a part of your militia. Um, uh, they grant a plus four bonus on secrecy checks uh, for the rescue mission and increase the competence bonus provided to the strike team action from plus two to three. So if we ever do anything with that again, uh, you'll have oh, Tough uh car burton is also apparently willing to help on certain things as well what does the next couple weeks or months look like before Carburton is done with his research like what kinds of things would you like to get accomplished
1: i think the first thing i would do as penny is if, if you all don't mind me going first
0: just big picture stuff
2: Oh, Tereza's down to deal with Richard, since she's aware that he did kill a paladin and also seems like a piece of shit. Uh, And also, if Charlie's family really did bring harm to him, as it appears, then retribution would be uh, in the cards, so to speak. Um, Aside from that, it would just be more ongoing investigations into this uh, Galarian character.
0: Uh, I believe last week you said you wanted to go with Great Hammer.
2: Every well, okay, yeah, you saying big picture. So I guess, yeah, zooming in a little bit. Yeah, I would love to go on a couple of those diplomatic trips just to be a something of a third party.
1: That's also what I wanted to help with. I, I had the two things. One of them was diplomacy for I'd like to build in roads while I can.
3: Big picture wise for the next couple months, Gina, like probably the two main things are she, you know, has some connections that she could use to gather some information for Laura and Penny's mission. Um,
4: though whether or not she joined in the final killing would be... They killed Charlie, the little gamer boy that tried do this whole time. I didn't
3: say it wouldn't happen, just up for debate. Um, And then do the the various soul-searchings that we uh, have discussed, Derek. As well as, you know, basically trying to figure out where her life goes from here, uh, because is fucking dead.
0: What about, like, I mean, you've got essentially infinite downtime uh, book 5 says just let them kind of fuck around well, so like so like you can shop you can like craft if you have that kind of thing you can get like items imported so as for next time uh, be considering what you what kinds of things you want to uh, get together to make the next section of your journey easier make yourself stronger time to upgrade my sword we know what we're uh gonna do for the next month so i guess let's just uh jump right into it but before we do somewhere nestled quietly into the fangwood forest there is a cave And there are four people who just had a meeting with Galarian.
3: There are, you know, four figures. You've all just finished your meeting up with Galarian. Um, And the night before, so we're going to kind of flash back just a little bit. The night before, all of you were contacted by a man named Ogden Bai, who said that he had a job that he thought you were the best for. Um, He met all of you in your individual abodes. Um, And, you know, as we kind of like the camera pans on him walking towards um, Lucy, what's your character's name? The name
1: is Edgar Caylock
3: Lawson. Edgar Caylock Lawson? Edgar Caylock Lawson. Edgar Caylock Lawson. Yes. So uh, as Ogden is walking towards Edgar's home abode, Edgar is returning from a long day on a job that uh, demonstrates some of their skills. And Lucy, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure,
1: sure. Edgar, that's me, was walking down, going through to handle a little dispute. This was something Edgar doesn't do too often, a little bit of pro bono work, so to say. A new shop came into town that started taking business away from my favorite little cafe. Every day, I'd go into the other restaurant, unbeknownst to that cafe, and quietly and subtly make all of their customers leave except me. Then, when the family was bankrupt, I sent a loan shark their way and kept their businesses suffering, and their family in ruin. That's all. <laughs> it was a successful day on my way back home from ruining this family's lives. I decided to take a stroll to my favorite little cafe and grab a slice of pie, which is where I was met. So so
3: Octobai approaches you and says, I have a job for you. Out in the open bowl. Well, I don't have much detail, but no somebody tired me to find
1: the best of the best. Uh, I'd like to detect thoughts at this point.
3: You can also see that like there's a list of other names that he's considering for this job.
1: Uh, I name them off one <laughs> by one. Mm-hmm. They seem like okay people. and I interrupt his next thoughts, saying, "Dre we have anagalis some strong names don't know any of them good sign uh, but there's one name i can't read off of you he uh just kind of shakes his head a little
3: bit trying to clear his thoughts and it's just like the reward's good oh do a good job there will be more of this coming your way but i need a face
1: i need someone who can talk their way through things my, my face is my face is ever so pretty and i do want that reward
3: uh he slides a piece of paper to you um, has an address and a time on it and he walks out of the cafe he starts heading towards his next target lee shriver lee what have you been doing today
0: I've just been counting the money armor transporter of sorts. Big break-in last week. It said this vault couldn't be broken into because of the magic on it. Little did they know, I can get through any magic. Now I have some time before my next job, so I'm just gonna sit back, and twiddle my thumbs, and immerse myself in how amazing I am.
3: <laughs> well, as you're heading back to the the, the room that you, you live in, uh, Ogden stops you on the sidewalk. And uh, he, too, offers you a job and asks, kind of tells you the same same spiel that he told Edgar. I've been uh, looking for someone with your caliber
1: of
0: strength. I'm the best in the world at breaking things, except maybe people are higher level than me. Awesome. <laughs> I
1: think it's good to be honest with yourself and oh. the audience
0: i'm also very good at self-actualization it is maslow's top hierarchy i don't know about no maslow but if i ever see him i'll break his face maslow's
2: hierarchy of the
0: woos well i'm gonna be leaving
4: the podcast with an honor no one (laughs) yeah
3: see you a piece of paper with an address as well and the sun's starting to to go down at this point um so kind of on the beautiful sunset behind him he walks across the city again um this time trying to track down drahokhthol
4: well good luck doing that Drahochthol often uh is invisible or hiding uh he they are uh, very very good at uh just reducing the uh light in an area and they're very good at hiding and they are quite uh, good at uh, being where they're not supposed to be and helping other people be where they're not supposed to be. Uh, yeah. He would probably uh, be looking around for uh, Drahakhthul, and uh, Drahakhthul would uh, just kind of pop up out of a shadow and be like, why are you following me? <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, You kind of see an in- imperceptible start from Ogden, but he he tries to play it cool and uh Gives you yet again the same spiel as a job for you. And, and I'm looking for someone who can kind of bend the laws of space that you do so often, Dracthul.
4: I do tend to do that. And if the pay is good and there's more work with good pay, I suppose I'm in. Get the slip of paper,
3: the address in time. And uh, under the the cover of now, uh, you know, dusk has kind of melted into night. And he heads towards his, his last target, in What have you been... Up to, recently, Anagallus.
2: As the man approaches the halfling at the dock, we see a flashback, of course, of Anagallus. You know, a lot of things in Nermathos went to shit after the Iron Fang rolled in, but gambling's still pretty good. Aboard a uh, steamer vessel, it's the uh, Riverboat Casino on the Meredith River, we see a a halfling standing on a stool next to a clearly wealthy human throwing dice. Now, this human's had a pretty hot, hot hand for the night. uh, No doubt because... uh, Anagalus slipped him some loaded dice unbeknownst to both himself and the casino, obviously. So the man's making an absolute killing. Now, Anagallus is not there to steal the man's money, or even really to rip off the casino, although that's always pretty fun. He's there to steal a very specific dagger off the man that uh, apparently has some type of value to... a. competing noble family. So as the man keeps rolling well and making his money, Anagallus keeps pushing him to go further, make it bigger, go wild. And he does. Upon rolling again on a double or nothing craps game, the crowd erupts and cheers, and Anagallus peeps over his shoulder and sees two of the guards of the casino coming down. Apparently this man's luck is a bit much for them to take. And so seeing that time is short, Anagallus very quickly snatches the dagger off the man's waist in the moment of jubilation, utterly unbeknownst to him, and slips aforementioned dagger into his little handy-haversack and leaves. As he walks out the front door, he hears the sounds of uh, a muffled beating occurring (laughs) and (laughs) smiles lightly to himself as he waits on the deck of the ship for the doctor to appear. What
4: (laughs) a snitch.
3: As you... Reach the dock, Anagallus. Arcton by, we've done some missions for, it's waiting for you. Gives you the rundown, says I've... Your pickpocketing is well known. The light fingers would serve my client well.
2: I don't really want to use my fingers on your client, but I think I know what you mean.
3: He kind of massages his eyebrows. No,
2: not like that either.
3: Just kind of like rolling his eyes back into his head for a second before saying, "Ah, well, you've always been a, a joker. I have very few details. My client is quite secretive, but I found him the best, and we shall see tomorrow." Be is
2: tomorrow. there anything? Is there anything shiny on his person, by the way? No. Okay.
3: A very nondescript man. So we kind of flash forward, and Ogden by introduces you to Galerian and Samana, giving you the job, um, and you begin setting out. You are on your mission to steal a sword from a palace, the own in the Fangwood Forest, and put a replica in its place. So you, uh, before we kind of hop in from there, since we've established, um, I assume we should, everyone should kind of, I know you gave like the flavor character introduction, but like, everyone's playing level 10 morally ambiguous characters for
1: this little this little
3: uh interlude race class all the all the fun stuff introduction wise for the the actual play aspect
0: would anybody like to go first i am a level 10 human invulnerable barbarian i've got hair and muscles and a shirt but no pants
4: are you just like dream role-playing here like if you actually
0: had hair and muscles and a shirt (laughs) yeah I've, i've got pants too
1: okay uh, Edgar, that's me, is a level 10 psychic. He flunks his wealth, though he does not have as much as he implies. It does go to show ya. He always stays away from a situation that could turn sour. And he's very skittish, though he tries to hide it. Uh, so he's human, he's got, uh, like, not like dark dark skin, but like darker skin. And uh, he has, like, very luscious hair, and there's, like, this white streak that goes back it. And uh, he wears a large coat that's made out of very expensive fur that he probably stole off of something.
2: <laughs> well, I suppose if I was asked to describe myself for a Pathfinder role-playing game character sheet, I would tell you that uh, myself, of course, Anna Gallus at a uh, is a halfling rogue of the cut purse archetype. He is 40 years of age, sporting a quite a bushy beard and moustache. I am approximately 3 feet tall, wing 32 pounds. I've gained a couple in my supposed retirement. I have jet black hair, in addition to the gray moustache and beard aforementioned, and have smoky blue eyes. Also, I have no compunction about killing, assuming the price is right. Um, what I'm saying is I'm chaotic evil, because I really don't give a fuck, and sometimes watching people suffer can be pretty fun.
4: Okay, William? <laughs> Uh, Bull is a, uh, not a human. I am a fetchling. I've got a gray skin, uh, blue hair, and my eyes are blue green and they glow slightly. I am a 10th level sorcerer of the Shadow Bloodline. Um, I'm weird playing a character that has like very few skills. Uh, so I'm really good at, uh, sneaking and arcana and I can turn invisible. I made sure I could do that. And also with a, a nice selection of meta magic feats, I can make things really, really dark and I can make the darkness attack people. Oh, Jesus Christ,
3: <laughs> that's terrifying.
4: And unlike some of these unscrupulous people, I'm just chaotic neutral. I'm just in it for the money. I'm, I really don't want to hurt people for fun.
2: You should try it sometime. It's not so bad, really.
4: It's
1: pretty nice. though. So it won't be fun for me to hurt you if you don't stay away from my bubbles and Agulus. me smash <laughs> I've been oh. reaching for them but I can hear your thoughts wanting
4: oh yeah and uh, I just run around in some dark some dark fabric I don't really have much in the way of armor I do
2: have a herimaki but that's it nice uh, Lucy do you see you were human by the way
3: yes oh
2: thank god okay
3: you you travel fairly inconspicuously and begin nearing the edge of the Fangwood in the evening, and the sun kind of hits the horizon in this blast of orange and purple. And, and all day you've been kind of walking through pretty lush and untended farmland. Um, it's kind of surrounding you. You see one or two small cottages dotting the hillsides, but they're they're pretty far away, and it's mainly just the the fields as you walk. Down this path that stretches into the forest, and there's kind of this this unspoken decision with you all to pitch camp for the evening before you enter the forest proper, so that you can rest and prepare for
0: mission tomorrow. We're going in the woods. Is someone good at survival? <laughs> I'm bloody amazing. Uh- <laughs> at
4: survival, because I mean, I'm really good at hiding, and I could probably get away from most things, but I
0: feel like we might get lost in the woods. I got a 24, we're good. (laughs) Also, we brought a map.
3: Yeah, like, so so as you guys begin to kind of pitch camp, your 24 is decent, you know, you're in the, um, kind of find a few outline trees that you can make a pretty well-hidden camp from the main path. Uh, What are, you know, what are y'all doing? If you want to, you know, role-play, chat,
1: anything like that.
4: Let me send out...
1: The Scouts and Watchers. And uh, I pull out my bag, and out of my bag, I pull out a smaller bag. And I open it up and pour uh, these, like, the sound of, like, glass kind of banging against each other falls to the ground as something comes out of the bag. And I close my eyes, and I take a finger... And I rub it on my eyeball. And doing while I'm doing that, I start my face starts, veins start popping up all across my forehead, and my eyes open up and they're bloodshot. And I blink and it all goes away. As whatever I dropped on the ground then floats up into the air as floating eyeballs, maybe prying eyes, even. And they all stand up. Not stand up. They all float up and start making a perimeter around the camp. Useful. I got 11. And what spot was that? Prying eyes.
3: Hmm. It lasts an hour for level, though. So. so, what are y'all, what else are y'all doing? Talking about, thinking about?
0: I smash a tree. He's rather dull, isn't he? <laughs> so, if we're going to do this thing right, we should probably figure out what we're, what we're good at.
2: As Anagallus looks up, he's uh, currently rolling two gold pieces across his knuckles simultaneously while reading a Dwarf Bart magazine. Yeah, we probably should have a plan in place. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I kind of like to have one before stealing something. Uh,
0: i put away my Dwarf Bart magazine and say, I can break into anything.
1: Quick, I haven't gotten that edition yet. Can I get it when you're done?
0: No. Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) I, uh can talk to people pretty well. To say it the least, I like to read people's thoughts and shift what I'm going to say based off of that. That and I can be quiet, even though I'm not good at hiding, if that makes sense.
0: So you, you can get us into the place and distract whoever. And if
1: anybody sees you, I can uh, give them a bit of an aneurysm.
0: I can... If anything in the job requires less finesse to get in, you are I'm your man. Also, if we ever need to get rid of magic, I'm your man. Just don't try to get magic on me. Oh, that's sad to
1: hear. I have a couple spells that you would like.
0: Or at least beat me in initiative and then do it.
1: <laughs> I do also have one other thing I can do really quick. For example... And I snap a finger... And as I do, you all see, like, a glowing... You all see each other, and all of your eyes all have a glow in them to each other. And I say telepathically, this'll be pretty helpful in the mission,
0: yeah? Oh, these are like fantasy walkie-talkies.
1: Now,
3: one last thing as you are all preparing to, to head to bed and, and having these conversations. Uh, when you spoke with Saman and Galarian, they did not... Give you the name of who you were meeting. Um, they told you that you would be meeting with a gnome at the palace or near near the palace, um, and that he would know who you were.
2: Well, that's good because uh, gnomes aren't exactly your rare at fairy retreats, as I recall.
1: Gnomes are pretty good at a couple of things: sneaking into places, bits of illusion magic.
3: In terms of prying eyes, see how is this gonna
1: work in terms of watch? Sure, so these will go up and uh, they look around and then they, if they see something that's, uh, so they follow a 25 word command. And I'm going to say, if you see anybody approaching our camp, wake me up. And so they'll be flying around and if they see it, they'll like wake me up and like fly into my hand and I'll see what they see, Um. what they saw rather during their thing. They last 10 hours per level or 10 hours total. They are easily dispelled, though, with a dispel magic.
3: So is everyone... Is, there, is anybody going to stay up for watch? Or is just going to rely on the eyes to, to wake you, should someone...
2: Well, Anna Gallus can't really see well at night, so I guess he would volunteer to take first watch. Although he does have signature skill perception, so while he sleeps, his DC for perception checks is cut in half.
1: Edgar's just going to go and take a long sleep. These eyes will go... And if anything happens, I will
4: know. I've got 120 feet of dark vision, but not great perception. I'll, I'll do a watch, I guess.
3: Anna Gallus and uh, Lucy's prying eyes. Roll me a perception check as kind of the first watch begins. Maybe some of you are already out sleeping or, you know, start uh, drifting a, off. A back. simple 20. Roll? Oh, good. Perception for the prying eyes. Uh, you can roll all 11. Uh, I, yeah, can I just take twenty on this then? Since there are eleven, yeah, yeah. Let's just take okay. twenty on it. What would be the max perception? That would be thirty.
4: Can you take twenty on a watch?
3: Shut the fuck up, Blue. I This is how I'm going to get around having to roll eleven perception checks.
0: <laughs> There's a twenty in there.
3: Thank oh you, Derek.
0: <laughs> Y'all are bullying
1: me. I come to this every Thursday. <laughs> With a promise, a guarantee, and an ambition to bully the GM, okay? Now, Sam, imagine if you were
0: in this position, but you also struggled with your weight.
1: (laughs) I do! How
3: dare
0: you! You Not in the same way.
2: Yeah, you don't struggle that fucking hard.
3: There's a flash of kind of ethereal light um, that one of the eyes sees, and it, you know, sputters down from its position up in the air and flies into the little makeshift shelter that you've made yourself, Edgar, and and bumps your cheek, waking you up. Uh, Yes, I.
1: I wrap my hand around it, and it shows me what it has seen.
3: Uh, There is almost like a ghostly outline of a six-foot-tall woman. It's kind of floating. It's just like an instantaneous flash that... Kind of disappears into the the fog over the the fields stretching around you.
1: Quietly, before I walk out, I cast fly and in invisibility, and I float through the air, searching. Hey, that's my gimmick.
3: Um, as you, if you fly around, um, and and watch, and I'm assuming you're you're taking twenty on perception checks, um, sure. just kind of investigating. You see these flashes again here and there, but anytime you try to go close, it seems like it. Jumps far
1: away. Uh, any ideas of what it is? Roll me. I, I I have engineering or engineering and planes are the only ones I don't have. Oh, and nature. I don't have nature. Well, that's probably what it is.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's go with Arcana. Forty. Forty.
3: Um, you think that there are this area may be. Kind of the, the residing home of some fey creatures known as Polipnica. Are
1: they hostile?
3: What you know about Polipnica is that in the darkness, they can't, they are completely harmless and they only have like a uh, physical form in the daytime when there is light. And in the daytime, do they hurt? If they are, it depends. They have to be interested in wanting to hurt you.
1: Right. If that makes sense. Then I'll go back to sleep, and I'll command one of my eyes to wake me up right before dawn starts. And then we'll make sure to get everybody out. And
3: then for the so the rest of watch passes peacefully, and uh, as as dawn kind of begins to hit the horizon, the eye wakes you back up, Edgar. And the rest of the party kind of awake as well, unless you have plans to sleep in until noon.
1: But mm.
3: there's, uh, there's yeah. a long journey to the Fangwood, so...
2: There's a lot of they out in the forest. Well, Fee's hold on, color. You can't go anywhere. Oh? It is breakfast time after all, as I recall. As I pull out three cast iron pots and a bunch of eggs and hash browns.
3: <laughs> <laughs> as you're, you're all eating, uh, you're human as well, right, Derek? Yeah. So as you're all eating, um, three women approach the campfire. They seem to be a tall strapping farm women. But there's something kind of off about them. There's an odd glow. Kind mm. of pulling at the corners of their bodies.
1: How the all detect thoughts? What are they thinking? Uh they can they can make a, a save against it. Right uh-huh. uh twenty five will. Ladies, ladies. I 20
3: will twenty.
1: So I'm unable to. Here, you me.
3: you don't really catch any any thoughts from from the the women,
1: and uh, real quick, it's all three of them need to make one. My bad. Oh, okay. Uh, then yeah, I get two.
3: It's almost like this obsessive loop of like want, Ooh. not in a sexual way. Oh. But like. There's this image of like a happy farm family like having breakfast around a table, um you know, animals are outside the perfect uh you know vision of happiness uh, and there but like so that image is just like on a constant loop in these these two women's heads, and there's like this burning desire for that image.
1: Hello, hello. Can we help you, lovely
3: ladies? They all kind of smile. The the leader of the group says, "Well, we were wondering if you could help us with the problem on our farm."
1: Who help oh. you with a farm? Didn't know they had farms. Uh, uh, can, I, can I can I send a secret message to my allies? Sure. Uh, I'm gonna give them the side eye to be like, get ready to fucking fight.
2: As I like, say in Sylvan, listen, are you here for our wealth or for our lives?
1: No, we're just here. One of our
3: one of our cows has fallen down into a pit and you should We're really hoping that you could help us.
2: Yeah, and just looks at you
3: with like the biggest doe
1: eyes. Yeah,
2: as Anna Gallus stands up and pulls out his rapier. Don't know many farm hicks who know Sylvan. Boys, let's take care of it.
1: Now hold on, hold on. Before we cut this conversation short. We'd like to finish breakfast. Thank you, and have a nice day. We can help cook breakfast for you. This halfling has cooking skills stronger than anyone else in this nation. I think we'll be okay. I don't actually know if that's true.
2: No, it is. I did spend uh, a lot of money and many years at La Cordon Bleu Cooking School, Bluff 31. <laughs> uh,
1: well, that... <laughs> I aided that bluff.
4: I'm going to
2: turn invisible.
3: Uh, I think it's time for everybody to roll initiative.
2: Oh, All right.
0: Plus one initiative. Oh, that's not good. Please, everybody beat me. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. I have a plus seven. I rolled a three for God. ten. You all are assholes. Yes. Except, except for you, Penny. You did good.
1: Thank you. Everybody in initiative. Great, Edgar, you're up first. Uh, Edgar is going to quickly... Uh, just kind of like lean back and close his eyes and just very quickly stand up as like he like shivers and that shiver kind of ripples through the air and envelops these three people which are my allies and you all start feeling a bit antsy like you could just move quicker maybe you're hasted and then Edgar is going to hide
4: <laughs> That's a really cool introduction I like that
1: a whole, it's a whole new type of spellcasting. Everything's free game. I love it. Uh, which one is this one?
3: This one. Okay, she is going to advance right
4: here. And. Invisible fuck off. Um,
3: oh, you are invisible. Goddamn.
1: Well played. Well played, William.
3: Well, then it's the halfling's turn. Yeah. She moves forward and uh, has a kind of ethereal scythe that is has this burning searing heat coming from it. One little
1: attack for you. Nat 20 confirms it, kills him one hit. (laughs)
0: Let's do it! (laughs) Let's do it! Glorian, we failed the heist. We didn't even get to the forest. Why did you trust us, you idiot? Uh,
3: Uh, Hey, that's a 20. Assume a 20 hits you.
2: It does not. I have one penny dodge. It doesn't touch me. can't catch a rogue flat put it my friend not today not ever
1: unless it's like a rogue four levels higher than you which these that's are a good high.
2: point
3: um well then that is her turn for now live
0: shriver aftling you got that one. Oh,
2: most certainly
0: uh do they have uh uh spell like abilities yes all right um i'm gonna charge that one okay and do a little thing I like to call pounce. <laughs> uh, is a thirty-six hit? Yeah, I believe so.
3: But yes. So you pounce, and a thirty-six hit. Say twenty-two does not.
0: Uh so, and then I've got the hasted shot. Okay, so she takes thirty-four damage.
3: Uh actually, then, is
0: then oh, the third thirty from the haste does a plus one. uh Okay, so it's furious, so while I'm raising it, counts as a plus three.
3: Uh, true, but um, how does that work in terms of cold iron?
0: Magic silver cold iron. And perfect. 30 <clears throat> hits, uh, 35 damage.
3: So the uh, it is Green's turn. Um, and since uh, Derek's character is right in front of her, she's also going to pull out her uh, scythe. And a slice at him, and since
0: so she does not have to move, she gets two attacks. Good luck hitting my massive ace. Oh, God damn it!
3: <laughs> That's a natural twenty for thirty-five.
0: Yeah, I noticed.
3: Let's see if we can confirm that. Does a twenty-eight confirm?
0: Yeah, I was bluffing about the high. I see,
3: it's a
1: double dice, double damage. Correct.
0: Uh, quadruple.
1: Yeah. So, if I were you, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I would just roll it regularly and then multiply it by four. That's the easiest. Unless you want to roll four d four times the dice and four times the static bonus. But it's up to you. If you want a more average roll, do the way, you know, multiple die dice. So if you want. Two plus
3: 10 is 15. Times four is going to be 60. So you'll take uh, 60 damage as well as... Do we multiply fire and or con damage?
0: Uh, Fire, no con, yes.
3: Okay, so take a six extra, so sixty-six damage. So sixty, like regular, then uh, six fire damage. Oh my god! Oh my god! One D two con damage times four. Yeah. Uh, So that's eight con damage. Give
0: me a second.
3: (laughs) Tracks (laughs) HP. God damn it, I don't know if to really killed Derek.
1: <laughs> um, um, Derek, what's your backstage? Oh, actually, It's
3: a con. The constitution damage is negated with a successful fortitude save. Oh, well, so I you do take the 66 that. damage, but you pass that so you don't take con damage. I am sorry. For causing the panic. Um, I mean,
0: I, w- I, I, I was going to be fine.
3: But uh, you do take 66 damage. And the second
0: attack. Not for the second attack. (laughs)
3: Uh,
0: 28.
3: Yeah. Uh, So roll me that fortitude save while I get the damage together.
0: 36 pass.
3: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Take 20 more damage. Uh, Six of that is fire. All
0: right. I will say it doesn't look like it does all the damage you think it would. (laughs) Hey Not Derek. That that it matters.
3: Fuck you. And a gallus of urnses.
4: If you'll if you wait a second, I'll five foot step and try to blind them. And then on your turn you can five foot step and way
2: lay into them. Very well, I delay my action until he moves.
1: This one's turn? I'll say that's because I cast a telepathy whenever I thought this was gonna turn into a fight. So we just mm-hmm. all talk A
3: five foot step and you pay up
1: there, big guy.
3: Same rigmarole on uh, Derek yet again. You are the muscle of the operation. That's a twenty-nine hit. Take nineteen damage, six of which is fire. Um, you don't take any con damage.
0: That was a forty-four fort save, everybody. I'm rocking. Well, Thor's
3: supposed to say what you roll. Uh, that's a thirteen hit.
0: Um, so barbarians aren't known for their HPs. No, exactly. have,
1: thank fucking god. I have to say, how does the bitch-ass psychic have more HP than you? <laughs>
3: Uh, and now for our, our sorceress, uh, uh, Thul,
4: Go five foot step. Okay. And uh, I'm... Since I'm invisible to them, would they be... Fl- would I do... Because this is a touch attack. Would it be flat-footed touch attack?
1: It would just be touch. Damn.
4: Okay, so against their touch AC, I, I just need to touch them. Uh, a 14 for the touch attack. No. Wow. Well, I can still keep uh touch of blindness going because it lasts uh round per level uh, and i can do it multiple times or i can have multiple blind attacks
3: um, not at risk of retconning but um that you would have known that they are immune to blindness
0: oh does he know the other thing that's important
3: <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing is that it is weak to darkness.
4: Are you weak to dirt?
1: Kind of like how uh, a ice golem is weak to fire, or a mud golem is weak to stone to flesh.
3: I, I would assume that Edgar would have would have told you about the flashing, like outlines of women. Oh yeah, you would have the uh, <laughs> connection of uh, like these forests full of outlines of were ethereal women that couldn't really do anything. Last night in the uh,
1: the darkness. The darkness of midnight. All right, well, he's going to five-foot step and then hold his action till after what's-his-face's turn? Uh, Jeff's. <laughs> okay, we'll do, yeah, we'll do Jeff's turn first and then...
2: Does a 38 confirm on the crit? Yes. Good, they'll take 21. Now, I'm going to forego my sneak attack damage and instead use my rogue ability, Weapon Snatcher. I will now attempt a sleight of hand check to disarm the thing out of her hand. Assuming, do I know if this weapon can be disarmed? It can. Very good. Well, then my sleight of hand check to disarm is a 28 versus their combat maneuver defense.
3: That is... You do not disarm
4: them.
2: Very good. I go for my second attack. Okay. Does a 33 hit? Yes. That'll be for a total of... uh, Twenty-five damage, twenty-three, which is precision, and overcomes any DR in case it's playing a role. Because they are hit by me, they now have negative two AC versus everybody, and negative four versus me in particular. And if it's susceptible to bleed, it will be taking five bleed damage a turn.
1: Yeah, makes
2: and I Oh, are we hasted?
1: Yeah. Yeah, bitch.
2: No. in that case. Does a 32 hit? Yes. For an additional 26 damage, 14, which is precision.
4: Could I please get a
2: what is my DC for this?
4: Could I please get a DC 24 uh, will save?
3: 27.
4: Well, that's all folks.
3: Uh, Edgar, are you still trying to like read their thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah. Technically anybody in this cone, not really a cone, but anybody within, uh, yeah, basically I can read everybody's thoughts here if I, if they fail the will save. So yes.
3: Okay. So those of you that, you know, if you're, you know, the thoughts that you're reading, it's like, so that that image of, like, this happy farm family um, with that, like, need for it has kind of changed into a different loop, which is, like, it's the same family, but, like, it's morphed into, like, you all as members of the family with the Paludnica, um, and you're all just, like, screaming at each other, and there's just this intense, like... Sadness coming from the like obsessive loop
1: inside their their thoughts. Okay, uh, so I can't cast spells on you, can
0: I, Derek? You can. I just need to make a, a save. What's your will save? Uh, Sixteen.
1: Yeah, it's not. Actually... I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to uh, this guy, and uh, he's quickly moving around, and as I go over. I'm going, he's like finishes his last stab and I like basically quickly walk over and grab him and just shake him violently as he starts just, as he starts vibrating in and out of like different spots within a, a space and he's just shaking uncontrollably. You feel fine by the way, uh, You To you, everything is normal, but to everybody else, you are in multiple spots at once. And this is, uh, basically, you're hard to place because, you know, of all the displacement that you're dealing with. <sighs> Lucy, I am going
2: Very right good. to hell. Very good. So what all bonuses am I playing with right now?
1: Uh, basically, they have to roll a D100, and if they roll a 50 or lower, they miss.
2: Ah, so it's like a cover, basically.
1: It's true, but they have true sight. Ah, do they?
2: <clears throat> We're gonna find
3: out.
1: I would know. I rolled a 40.
3: It is Red's turn, and they cast a spell. Um, so she casts Waves of Fatigue. Oh my god! So negative energies render all living creatures in the spell's area fatigue. There is no saving throw. Um, and it is an instantaneous cone-shaped burst to the range of 30 feet.
0: Which way are you sending
3: that? Um... We'll send it towards two. So, um, we'll send it this ways towards Edgar and Inigalus. So you're
0: both fatigued now. Live Shriver. Uh, I'm just going full attack, the one I did last time. Okay. Go for it. Hot shit. Does the 26 hit? Uh, the natural there? one on the first one misses.
3: Uh, 26 does
0: hit, so... There 33 damage. Okay. And then the haste. a <laughs> fuck! Another natural one. Um, uh,
3: it's cool. she, she's barely up, but she's uh, she's still up. Uh, I'm,
0: uh, damn
3: it, yeah. Uh, and it's her turn.
0: I'm a five foot step back, not that it makes a fucking difference.
3: Uh, I do have echolocation if that helps.
0: Two fucking natural ones.
3: <laughs> She'll just try and scythe you again. It's been working so far. She'll have to take a five foot step. She's a 29 hit, yep. 22 damage. Doesn't 11's not going to hit. So that's yeah. All-
0: payback time. <laughs> coward.
3: Uh, it is blue's turn. Is going to advance by footstep as well. Uh, she rolls a natural one. <laughs> <clears throat> First attack. Uh, but a 23 for her second attack. It's a 23 hit. Yeah. Oh, and then roll me two uh, fortitude saves for that con damage.
0: 31, 38
3: you don't take any con damage, but you take 21 damage, five of which is fire. And a Gallus Avernzis.
2: Full attack. That's 28 hit. Yes. 24 damage, 14 precision. Jeez. Extra attack. Rough. What? How's she looking? It's
3: very rough.
2: The, the 21 one hit with flanking, I'm sure. Well, actually... Yeah, no, it won't. Well, hold on. Against me, she does have negative 4 AC and is being flanked.
3: Oh, well, in that case, it would... It would
2: hit. Very good. Uh, twenty-five more damage. Thirteen precision.
3: She is done, dead. Very good. Um, she. How do you. How do you kill her?
2: What do you mean? I just. I'm an efficient killer. I just stab her through the fucking throat.
3: Uh, blood spurts out, and she. She gurgles.
4: Ooh, Very good. Sex. That's gross. Save the fool. I cast a deeper darkness.
1: That works, though. You it get works. the
4: idea. I cast Deeper Darkness, and I cast it with a Shadow Grasp. So they need to make me DC 23 reflex saves. Otherwise, they are entangled. And they are also now in a, dark. Is this normal light. It is now two uh, light levels lower. So that's dim and then dark. Dim, dim light and then
3: Um, well, I'll tell you what happens. Uh, 21 for the first reflex save. Nope. 29 for the second. The second.
4: Um,
3: they, as the, the darkness envelops them, um, can, can you see in the darkness? Oh yeah. Uh, you see their bodies almost like dissolve into this mist and there's like these slashes of, uh like a pale yellow light jumping in the darkness back and forth. Um, And you hear um, Edgar, the the thoughts that you hear, there's like, it's almost like they've, the the image on the loop has just completely melted. Um, And there just seems to be like a great distress going on. Just like this constant cry of of frustration and pain.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The blue one is entangled. I don't know what that means for their shadowy wisp forms, but...
1: I will... Kind of... uh, After the waves hit me, I kind of, like, fall to my knee. And I... uh, I am stronger than this. And... I, like, bow my head down... And just flick it back up. And stand, and my fatigue is gone. Nice. That's all. Uh, For the listeners at home... That was my self perfection ability known as, you guessed it, bodily purge. Um, it is Red's
3: turn, and Red is dead.
0: Uh, Liv Shriver. I'm gonna attack the same one, and I'll take the 20% mischance from the darkness.
3: Um, can you attack into the ethereal plane?
0: Guess n- not. I mean, if, if I know they're in the ethereal plane, then uh, I, I guess I'll just back off then and shut shut down my rage.
3: Um, they begin running, trying to find a way out of the darkness. Um, they'd probably end up double moving. Um, so is this line kind of like where the darkness ends? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they they stumble out and their their forms reform and they're kind of gasping for breath.
4: Leave,
3: looking terrified.
4: I'll do it again.
3: Um, but that is their turn. Anna Gallus.
4: Very well. From you,
3: Anna Gallus. We'll find out. You know, green is fairly weak. Blue has not been hit.
2: We go for a charge on green. Come nope. up. Does a thirty-two hit hmm? ten piercing? I'm going for the disarm.
3: Uh, it's... it's dead.
2: Well. So you don't
3: disarm. But, I mean, I guess if you wanted the the cool side.
2: <laughs> well, then I guess I will... hold on. Say I, I was done.
3: Okay, you know, I know your turn's not done. Go for
2: it. What the fuck? I got ways <laughs> to move. Yeah, I have my turn. That's two so far. Anybody else want to step up?
3: <laughs> Draw Hachpo.
4: Oh. To ready a, uh, a regular darkness spell. And, uh, if they... If blue moves in uh, on us, I will cast uh, darkness on them if they try to move towards us.
1: Okay, I uh, basically take a, a small breath and I like put my hand kind of like kind of like uh, you know those kids do when you're mad at somebody, and I put my their head between my fingers uh, in my sight, and I just press them together and snap. And they need to make a will save. Okay. DC 27. 21. Very good. Uh, So for everybody to know, I did spend points for my pool. And this is a divination spell called Mind Thrust. So I have my spell focus bonus. And so they take, at this level, they will take 40. And they are are fatigued and exhausted. Okay. Uh, How does
3: spell resistance work with that?
1: Uh, I have, to, I have to roll it. So that fails. Alright, so the spell doesn't cast at all? Uh, I, I wish I would have known that it's spell resistance. I can, I can enhance to get advantage. Oh, uh, I mean, if you want to retcon. Okay. Then yeah, I would have... Yeah, I don't think that would have got it either way. <laughs> all
3: good, all good. It is the Dead Ones' turn.
0: Uh, Live Shriver. So I have the same thing that, uh, Laura has that lets you take non-lethal damage when you exit Rage, so, uh... Okay. I took five points, but I'm going to bump back in again and then charge the blue one. Here come the natural one. God damn it! How it feel there? How it feel? So, natural one,
1: unfortunately. A, ni- a 19. A
3: 19 <coughs> 36
0: on the haste.
3: 36 will hit.
0: A 36 damage. Okay. It takes
3: 36
0: damage. Fucker. Oh. Um, that might be the last thing I ever do.
3: It is their turn next. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go for it, Derek.
0: Oh, fucking natural twenty is on the.
3: You, oh, have, you have you have all stolen their ideal uh, farm, their idyllic farm life.
4: Uh, they get dark into the
3: material probably. plane or the ethereal I can this
4: plane. All, unless you have a ghost touch, right?
2: Very well, I will go ahead and. Well, they can't even do anything when they're ethereal, can they? No. I want to move right there, and then my turn.
1: So then it would be Edgar. Let's see if they have anything to say. And I I take a, uh, a sock from my pocket and I put my hand through it. Trying to taunt these ghosts, I start making noises with the hand and one of the corpses start talking. Just gibberish. Jesus. Uh, roll a D100, Sam. Okay. On a ten or lower, they give me useful information if they have any. Oh, here <laughs> so if there is any useful information in this random encounter, they say it. Um, actually, she does. And Sylvan
3: from we're just gonna just DM fiat it away. But you you hear her in the ethereal plane. She says, um, "Oh, this is a corpse."
1: Oh, the corpse gives you
3: useful yes. information the, the corpse kind of speaks like monotone in in sylvan and is, is like the the farmers are leaving sickness in the forest keeps bleeding out and that's that's all she says uh, but you would know that that Paludnika do kind of like attach themselves to families in the countryside and kind of focus their obsession on trying to join that family
1: all right that's all they do
3: uh live. Oh, I delay. Blue's turn then. And uh she turns and runs, kind of like through the darkness, trying to escape. Does anybody try to stop her?
2: Oh well there's nothing I could do, so no.
1: You
3: are hasted
1: if you want another show. Uh Relief I do it. check
2: I do check my watch and realize it's been twenty four seconds. So on <laughs> my turn I rush back over to the cooking pot so I don't want to burn my eggs on the cast iron.
1: That's good. Do oh. you um, Cast iron, you're uh, halfling <laughs> of class. Maybe I have been too
2: harsh. I hit my brim hat at you.
1: Is there any
3: desire to to chase after
1: her and, and kill her? Absolutely not. Maybe I'll like mutilate the corpse a little bit, but that's it.
2: No, losing her sisters will be pain enough.
0: Okay. Well, I, Imagine I the this. nightmares she'll have. <laughs> I have seven hit points. <laughs> somebody he- somebody I heal the idiot you have
1: healing but only for me and Who i'm a already-
4: We actually make a party with no healer
1: <laughs> Here, here take this and I pull out a hunk of fur and I just rub it into your skin oh that didn't do anything um what kind of belt what kind of belt is that i'm sure there'll be some as you walk through the forest
3: things start like the deeper you get into the forest the the like creepier it gets there like starts out as you know fairly fairly normal forest and then as you keep going through there's like undulating fungus and mosses growing and dripping from trees and branches um there's these you know animal cross or animal carcasses Hung from different branches, um, blood like dripping off of their bodies onto the ground, causing like slick pools to form on the path. And it's just this absolutely disgusting, horrible, um, almost suffocating forest. the The closer you get to your destination, what lovely decor! And then you kind of see. It's kind of hard with all the trees, but if you're if you're looking closely, you catch a glimpse of like the outline of a of a manor far ahead of you, and you come to kind of a split in the path that leads towards your destination. And there is a sign which was once kind of like intricately carved with all of these like beautiful flowers and, and pictures of dryads dancing with a poem on it. Wrote me all perception checks.
0: I'm not good at these. Twenty-six.
3: 20, Twenty-nine.
2: Eleven. Twenty-one, but twenty-three to see uh, anything dangerous.
3: Uh, I'm so sorry, Lucy, you're one away. Uh, <laughs> the sign, uh, but has a has a poem on it. Does anybody read the poem?
1: Oh, literature. My favorite.
3: And I'm not even talking about reading it out loud, but does anybody read the text on the sign? I would, yes. Who else? I don't really like books.
4: Okay. I've given a, a once over. Okay, Jeff.
2: I refuse to look up to read a sign. Okay. It's fucking embarrassed, and they can't even follow basic accessibility laws. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, the poem on the sign just says, "Amidst the chill of the dew and the fog of the morn, pass through my gate and live in nature reborn." And then uh-huh. that poem has like someone has taken a carving knife and just sliced through diagonally um, and carved over the drawings of the dryads uh, a long-lived queen gendelman and as you read that whether you read it out loud or in your head it sets off an audible sound a ringing screech through the forest branches and you uh, it's like there's a small snake Hidden in the text of that sign. And there's a flash of brown light accompanied by a puff of smoke and a loud noise. And Edgar and Drahach, you are both trapped in an amber field of force. And a oh,
1: small son of a bitch. bitch
3: runs down the path towards where the alarm sounded. And you see a gnome in front of you who says, a gnome in front of you who says? A gnome named Truxton. A gnome named Truxton Pendleton.
1: Uh, excuse me. You. That's a name long gone to me. I go by Charlie now.
3: <laughs> and that's the end of our broadcast.
4: <laughs> I, was would, that's why I, was I was hoping you would get mad and say, Truxton <laughs>
3: I love that Uh, But yeah, Truxton, you see uh, the the people that Ogden by through a message sent to you are all in front of you two of them are trapped in kind of a, a funny situation and go forward to meet your new party
0: Gina making your way to the psychiatrist's office Fairly uh, uneventful. You're trying to figure out what you want to say, so you're uh, taking it slow. Uh, but then, from the from behind you, you hear your name being not shouted, just just said, uh, trying to get your attention.
3: I uh, I turn towards it.
0: you. See, Navi trying to catch up to her. You uh, trying to make her way through the crowd, but dragging behind her, she's got a, another figure essentially like a a burlap sack over her head. I'm just kind of trying to just drag her. Uh, She's not on the ground, but she's clearly, rambunctiously uh, resisting. And she says, Miss Gina, you're the first one I've seen. Uh, What's
3: going on? What the the fuck you got there?
0: Well, I I got a bit of confession to make. Uh, There's a path underground that I've been using for Hell, months. Now, yeah. I've been I've been there so many times it kind of seems blurry. Uh, but there's a a, a, a creature, uh, an automaton kind of thing in there. Like a golem, like a, y- a golem. Yeah, yeah, you. a golem. Those, anyway, those I Yeah. Anyway, so this one I, I kind of just stumbled across it one day while I was running goods and uh, was afraid he was gonna plumb nick me out of this life, but he was actually kinda kind of mm-hmm. kind. If that that sounds. Strange, I guess, but like there was something more to him. Wait, In- so
3: but did, did, let me just um, throw something out here. Did you find this gong smashed to pieces?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. And she kind of looks at you like kind of shocked, like that doesn't make any sense. How did how, you? But well, it, it obviously just happened like it was smashed an hour ago.
3: Well, b- b- smashed when we got there, we were just there, like. We were down there investigating, you know, we told you about our journey we came up through the tunnels, and we fought the, the ghost Medusa lady and all of the different creatures down there, but, uh, uh, well, you know, some of the golems went rogue, and then when they had regained their senses, um, they took us back and kind of showed us their, yeah, their leader,
0: fella who apparently was, was murdered quite recently. And, uh, well, well, then, if, if all that's true, I gotta... I gotta work on my Sims motor check because I found this one down there. I'm sure she had something to do with it. I guess, uh,
1: what, what's this one? What's, what, what's going uh, on?
0: She, uh, uh, lets her go and pulls the hood off and you see a relatively young dwarven woman. This looks about 18 years old, a crossbow at her side, uh, Tugnabina Bonestone looks into Gina's eyes and says,
3: "A little killer, I promise. I was just down there, I was like, I'm working on finding me one, and this little came out of nowhere, and she tried to kill me."
0: <laughs> it's that night. Crocodon sleeps. The newspapers of the day reported the information you all brought to Prince Prince Great Hammer. so for the first time in a long time the city isn't at war they feel safe they feel comforted they know that nothing's gonna break down their gates in the next morning so for first time in almost two years the city s- sleeps peacefully but then sometime in the early hours of the morning everything's still dark there's an explosion, not in the town center, but on the outskirts of town, a place where there might be some palatial estates.
2: And that's the end of our broadcast week. Bada 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 boom. Uh, folks, does uh Anna Gallis have the best AC in the party at twenty <laughs> two? I,
4: I think we might we might be in trouble,
2: combined with the lack of healing.